0: Hey girl, Heather Nelson here. Welcome to Live Conversations with a Twist. I'm so excited to build a community where I inspire and empower women who are going through hard times. I can't wait to share with you women who have unique stories and have overcome hard times in their life. So grab your favorite cocktail, lean in, and let's cheers to empowerment ladies. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live Conversations with a Twist. I am so excited to have Jamie on today. Um, Jamie and I just met virtually right now, but we we had a conversation last week and we have a mutual friend who was like, you guys have to connect. And I knew once I talked to her on the phone that everyone was going to love her story and really connect with her. So hello, Jamie. Welcome. Hi. Thank you, Heather. Yeah. Shout out to um, Terry for hooking us up. <laughs> She was cute. She texted me and I'm like, who is this? Because I, I got a new phone. And she's like, it's uh-huh. scary. And I was like, oh. Yeah. Um, so scary. I'm glad that she connected because I think your story is amazing and has so many layers into it. So and I think so <laughs> many people are going to relate to it. So let's start off a little bit about like saying who you are, where you live, your family dynamic, all that good stuff.
1: Okay. So um, Jamie, and then I live in Windsor. I have four kids, 19 um, 19- Oh, God, give me a second. 1915, 12, and six. So it's like right now I'm kind of going through every little phase. You know, we got like the toddler, the tween, the teen, and the young adult. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, I have been, I was born in Colorado. Then I moved here when I was like eight, right before the earthquake. That was fun. And then um, I've been, me and my husband have been together like 23 years. And I just recently got clean and sober about two and a half years ago. And I feel like that's kind of where like my life has really turned around and pretty much what I was talking to Terry about in which she said, oh, you have to talk to my friend who has a podcast. I feel like that's more of what to talk about than my other boring stuff.
0: (laughs) You have lots of layers. Like after talking to you, I was like, oh my gosh, you have so many like good things. And you know, some things are harder to talk about. Um, yes. And I value and am excited that you're willing to share it because I think that's where a lot of us as women, like we stop. It's like we go through hard things we've been through bad things, but nobody wants to talk about it. And it's I. So and true. So it's- true so true. And I think that's why I wanted to start this podcast is because I really want people to tell their story because it's like, you never know who, whose lives you're going to touch. Who's um, might be going through the same thing, who might eventually go through the same thing right? And be able right. to have a support system behind it.
1: I totally a firm believer in that. I, um, well, a little bit of what I shared with you was about getting clean and sober. And I think that having people to talk to and to reach out that had paid the paved the way was the only way that I could do it um so I'm just I feel like God gave me a big mouth and now I put it to way more beneficial use than I did as a kid so I am an open book I do have no problem sharing my stories um So if there's anything you want to ask to start, I I don't want to
0: just ramble. Oh my God. Don't worry. I won't. I'll keep you on track. So um, you've been, you said you've been clean and sober for two and a half years. Yes. Um, Talk about before that and what kind of uh, was the turning point for you to go sober? Because there's a lot behind that. I think. I know.
1: Podcast Podcast, Heather. (laughs) Um, So I think just, I've always been a very social person, social drinker. Um, always, I thought had a good handle on it. And then, um, I hindsight, I think before I got pregnant with my fourth baby, I was like kind of hitting it hard drinking. My husband played football, like semi-pro football. And we always hosted every party, every barbecue, every event was at our house and I couldn't do it sober. Like I just, and then I found myself being like, Oh, we're having another party. I had to prepare myself. And I feel like that's when my drinking, was like, okay, little, you know, borderline out of control. And then I remember finding out I was pregnant and I was so relieved because I'm like, Oh, I have to take a break. And then ironically, like when I was pregnant, I would have the occasional glass of wine that, you know, was quote unquote, good for you, for your heart. I told myself that, mm-hmm. um, But so I think pregnant was actually me drinking as a normal person. Like, oh, you can have a glass of wine and stop. But the whole time I'm knowing this is only because I'm pregnant, like game on when I have my baby. So I had my fourth and my pregnancy was pretty difficult with him. I had to get on bed rest. I think mentally it kind of fucked with me. Mm -hmm. Um, After he was born, I I realize it now I didn't then, but I totally think I had postpartum depression. And instead of dealing with it and, you know, doing any tools that I could have looked into, I just knew and did I, I did what I knew best, which was just to drink and to just keep on going.
0: So I did that.
1: No, I mean, I still like function and stuff. And then in 2017. I found out that my husband was having an affair and I literally was just like that surreal feeling like, Oh my God, I am that fucking girl. This is like the ones where you watch movies and you're like, that wouldn't happen to me that, you know, that wouldn't happen to my family. And, um, I realized how much I like, like my emotions were all over the place and that's exactly like what you were saying, people don't talk about it. Like nobody is outright like, oh, I'm going through this. My husband had an affair. My wife had an affair. I feel like that's one thing that um, for me, at least, I didn't feel like there was somebody specific I could reach out to and talk to. So I just felt like utterly alone and I didn't know what to do. And my emotions, like I said, one minute I wanted to work on it. The next minute I was like the fuck out of my house. Then I was like, oh my kids deserve us to like fight for our family. And then I was like, well, no, I want to show them that you can't tolerate this shit. So I literally was just like going through all these emotions And I'm like, well, I'm just going to fucking drink. Like, even though I, I it, it clouded my judgment, it still helped me to like deal with it, you know? And, um, that was just really hard. That was so hard. And then what I shared with you before is so many people have that guilt and shame of getting a divorce. And I had the guilt and shame of trying to make it work. And like the judgment, you just realize who your friends are, who have your back, who you realize also like, not everybody has good intentions at all. That was a good wake up call. Um, (laughs) my kids, like the, everyone was, some of them were a little too young to understand, but All they saw was dad like trying to get, uh, fight for the family, trying to like do right. And all they saw was me being like, no, get away, you know, just me trying to like find myself and put myself first. And I, the resentment was there from them. And so that was really, really hard. And I just, there was a couple of times of windows where I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe I should stop drinking and like just really, clean it up so I can make the right decisions. And I did, I did like a few week, little, (laughs) little stint in there and I felt great. And then it was just the, the, the environment in which that all happened was still being, it was like my everyday life. So I was like, yeah, that whole no drinking thing is not going to work. So I just started like, I mean, it was deep. I was like doing it all the time. And then it got to the point where I was like, okay, I think I have a problem. I'm going to stop. And then I would for a little while, my biggest thing was I, once I said, okay, I'm going to stop and take a break. I was okay. Like I could kind of just like, I would, you know, do little stints here and there, but the problem that I started to see recurring is as soon as I started back up, how I had zero control. Like I'd be like, let's just have a glass of wine and then, um, you know, be normal. But I always just call it the fuck it's once I had one, everything went out the window. It's like, well, that turned to a bottle. No, we don't have to do this. We can just, you know, we'll do it later. It just my life became cons- became consumed. And to the point where like in the mornings when I'd wake up, I'd have the shakes. I couldn't even function without a drink. And once you have a little in your system, your brain won't shut off. Like it'll just obsess over the next one. And so I would like fast forward to all the times that I tried to stop. I finally, like my breaking point was, I was like, I have to get help because I cannot do by myself. And heaven forbid you, like you talk to somebody around you and them not be going through it too, to say that you have a problem. I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like everybody around me was doing the same thing. Not to the extent I was, but like you, everybody drank, everybody had a good time, everybody partied. So if I were to try to say like, Oh, I need to take a break. Maybe just don't do it anymore. Just don't do it on a Monday. Like do it on the weekends, Clean it up. But, but I, my brain doesn't work like that. And I just started to realize that my brain is wired differently than others. So I did reach out to somebody who I had heard. She got sober and I'm like, how the fuck did you do it? Because I can't, And she's like, well, do you want to come to a meeting with me? And I was like, "Uh, not really, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I should. So I went to the meeting and the first time I heard somebody talk, I kind of felt set up. Like I was like did somebody tell her what to say? Did somebody tell her all the shit I was doing? Because it was like, she was reading from my diary. And I was like, and I, so I did, I was like, kind of like skeptical. I'm like, I'm totally being set up. Then she said some other things. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Okay. That wasn't me. Wow. This is just really what people go through. That's so relatable. I was like, these are my people. This is where I belong. Like, there is no question that I'm not an alcoholic. And I just made that decision from that day. I was like, I I already know what happens when I do, I already know the depression, the anxiety. I mean, there's so much backstory to like how deep it gets and how deep it got. But I just decided to change up, show my kids, especially if we're going to try to make our family work, I have to be in like a clear space. Um, it's harder sometimes sober because you don't have that numbing mechanism, but I want the kids to know that I mean, that's all they saw. Like if I was happy, I drink to celebrate. If I was sad, I would drink my sorrows away. Like anything. That's the only tool that I was showing. them. And so I'm like, it's, it's fucking me up. I don't want to fuck them up anymore. Like Lord knows they got a good dose of it. So
0: it's just been so much better since then. I have so ma- I have so many questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> I just know that all these moms who are hearing this right now are saying, that's me because every mom that i know like we do the same thing we're like we're just gonna have a glass of wine when we make dinner and then then there's two and then you're like well you can't i mean maybe and maybe this is just me but i'm like well then i can't leave a half a bottle just sitting in the fridge like i gotta finish it (laughs) and then you're like oh we're going to a soccer game or baseball game like we need to have a drink and Uh, i don't want to say that i have a problem or that anyone who's going through this has a problem but i think what I, what I uh, appreciate about you is that you were like, there's something wrong, like that. I'm like, depending on it
1: to Mm -hmm. function
0: and to, to live life through that. And it's almost scary to me. Like, I'm like, Oh my God, is this me? You know? And so I, I guess my question is like, how, if you're feeling that way, like, what can you do to kind of either I mean, is there classes? Is there people that can like help you? How do you minimize that and make it not um, a thing? I would love to be like, I'm stressed out today. Like I'm going to go for a walk, but I don't. I go, I'm going to go have a glass of wine. And like, yeah, is there programs or is there things out there that can like help you change your mindset to be like, no, I don't need that. I need something else.
1: I would start off with, um, for me, and like giving anyone advice, everybody's different. I have friends that can drink their asses off, get up, rally their day the next day. And it doesn't become, it doesn't affect their day-to-day life for anybody that's questioning it. I would maybe just start with like a straight up list of like, how is alcohol benefiting me? And then all the things, how is it not benefiting me? Those things right there, in black and white, maybe can just give you, if you're normal, you could be like, okay, maybe I'll take a break and see if I'm feeling better without it. If it gets to the point where you're like, I know it's not benefiting me. My life is becoming unmanageable. I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, I woke up at 3am every morning with like the anxiety, the guilt, the guilt enough was like, just, it, it just ate at me every day. Um, I, if that's to the point that you get to, I would, I mean, meetings just help me reaching out to somebody else that's in the program. I got a sponsor because the biggest thing is it's so fucking pushed on us. Like the mommy wine culture, mommy needs a drink. This might be vodka in my coffee mug. And it's all funny until it's really fucking vodka in your coffee mug at 9.00 AM. I had a friend that came over one day we were supposed to work out. And she's like, um, Let's go to the, let's go to the park and work out. And I was like, okay, hold on. And I get out my coffee mug and, but instead of pouring coffee, I'm like just putting shots of vodka in it. And, and she's like, are you really having vodka in your coffee? I'm like, well, you know, it's all funny when people read it, (laughs) you know, you guys all have the same gear, you know, fakers. But I just realized I was like, it's so pushed on you to where, when you, when you question yourself having a problem that you think there's, there is, there's something wrong with you. And then you just kind of that alone feeling like fuck, then everybody else has it together. But the more people that you can reach out to that can tell you you're not alone. This is it. it, like, there is something you can do to change. I feel like the better. And that was for me, AA and other people do different routes and avenues and to each their own. That was just my saving grace.
0: What, since you don't have alcohol now to like numb you when you need it, what, what is your go-to? Do you work out? Um, Is it coffee? Is it? So I, um, the gym was huge for me. One of the reasons
1: the gym was huge for me is because I tried to do it (laughs) along with my drinking (laughs) and it did not work out well. So for me mentally to get up in the morning, to go to the gym, whether it be five, six afternoon, whatever, as long as I'm doing that, I know like, how do I explain? I just know that my body is capable and I don't have something preventing me. It's like my, my way to heal in a way, if that makes sense. Um, meetings, journaling, venting to my friends, quiet time. One thing I I realized how oh my god how huge i used to do it is i used to be such an extra extrovert is that how you say it like outgoing yes parties um social people here people living with us i mean we literally had like a frat house at my house which was awesome with three kids and then a fourth it was such a shit show <laughs> but I realized it was kind of a band aid. Like I just had so many people around and there was so much distraction that I wasn't actually focused on what I had. I wasn't focused on myself. I wasn't focused on my family, clearly not my marriage. Like that was a joke. So I feel like I'm way more into like quiet time being alone um, or just more quality time with my family, like just more at peaceful things, the chaos, I guess, would be more of a trigger for me. So I just try to prevent it. Now. Um, I just try to teach the kids, like, if you're feeling this way, I mean, even as cliches it sounds, like put on a calm app, med- meditation, go on a walk, like those type of things, instead of just reaching for the drink. Like I always did. I'd have them pour me one. I was like, so I look back and I'm like, Oh my God, I really was like, Oh my God, my, year old can open a bottle of wine. How cute. Like I, they poured us shots. It was so I look back. I'm like, Oh my God, this is what I taught them. So, um, so to answer the question now, those are the things that I do instead of,
0: Oh God, it's so funny. I'm like, can you pour me another glass of wine? Another one? You're like, oh, I'm like mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> this is how I, this is how I cope through you guys. And I know every mom and is thinking that right too. now. Like,
1: how is it that we like I would tell my kids straight up, you're the reason I fucking drink. Like, and then that has to do something to their minds, you know, like mom's passed out drunk, like can't even get up and it's their fault. Like I probably am like going to have, I have to win the lottery to pay for therapy for when they're older.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to back up to the affair. Cause I think, oh. um, I have a, a few questions for that because what triggers for me is, Um, my parents, um, my dad was an alcoholic growing up and he's Mm -hmm. now over 20 years sober. Um, but he was one of those construction workers, went to work, came off work, drank, came Uh home, passed out. That was his life, you know, but for us, we were like, he deserves it. He works hard, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, my mom then went out and did things that she shouldn't be doing. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering, did your husband ever blame your alcoholism on why he did that? Oh God, no. No. Cause he okay. was my
1: biggest, um, party friend. Like we totally oh. party together. That wasn't even the, him and I partied together. Like, and he was that he's like, he can get up and go function the next day. I think mine just got work harder and harder for me too. And I think with women, and I could be totally wrong, but like after having so many pregnancies our hormones, like so much that our body carries on, I felt like I was breaking down a lot faster than he was. So no, he did not blame my alcoholism on that. He blamed me for a lot, but with a lot of other shit, but not my alcoholism. And I think until Um, I wasn't so deep in that alcoholism until after the affair. I feel like that's what triggered the spiral. And I feel like as bad as it sucked, it was my blessing in disguise because it made me deal with my shit head on. Had I not had that and some of the other fucking trauma that came with it. I feel like I could have bought another few years. I feel like I wouldn't have been numbing so hardcore so fast that I would have just like progressively built. And I, so I'm grateful it happened. I'm grateful that I got to get that sped up. So I have more time to be sober than, than like that progressive shit show. Is your husband still partying? No, he's, he's settled down a lot. I, um. Another huge thing is I never had boundaries. Like I, I was like, what is that? Um, I let people walk all over me. I didn't know how to say no. I, I realized how much I sacrificed myself and my family to, to help other people, quote unquote, help. But really, it was just like I said, the Band-Aid. Um, so I, once I started learning, honestly, through AA, I got more out of AA than I did any years of therapy. Like the mm-hmm. steps that you work, you're like, holy shit. And it's free. Let's forget. <laughs> Even if you're not an alcoholic, do the steps. <laughs> it's great. But I, I realized I didn't have boundaries. So once I started setting more boundaries, it was really, really hard because again, my family's not used to seeing me say no. No, I'm like the fun party mom. The boundaries where I, I won't be around it. I mean, I've missed like vacations. I've missed... Um, so many events, I wouldn't say holidays, but like camping trips, if it's going to be going on, I just can't, I personally can't be around it because it's not worth my sobriety. And if he chooses to do that, that's on him, not me. That's great. But as far as him doing it in the house, no, I won't, I don't
0: do that shit anymore. I was going that was my question. <laughs> like, how are you around other people who are doing it?
1: I don't mind people drinking. I want to be like, People drink, have a good time. I am, and I'm not here to judge. I just know there's a certain point in time where I have to leave because it's become more of like drunkness. And I just, again, it's not worth me getting tempted or, you know, and drunk people are annoying. Like I was so annoying. I'm embarrassed at some of the shit I did. Um. So if it becomes that I just leave and, and I don't judge and I hope people don't judge me for doing it. Do you know what I mean? Mm hmm. Um, I realized also how much I was the instigator. Like I go some places and I I'm baffled. I'm like, wow, they're not passed out drunk. People are like actually doing this normal. And I'm like, oh, that was me pouring the shots. That was me rallying everybody up. So I realized how much of it was my fault. And so, um, I just, yeah, I could be around drinking. Just, I choose not to be around drunk
0: people. Yeah. I mean, they are annoying, and I'm sure. Yeah. Yes, we're all annoying when we're drunk. Yeah, totally. We don't I'm think like- we are, but we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you said something that was interesting about the affair, and that you said that you felt a lot of guilt because people were shaming you for working it out with your husband. Yes. Why do you think that is? Um. Well. Uh, like when? Why? 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 A. Why do people? give a shit. It's not their life. It's your life. But also like, aren't we like, aren't we supposed to like work on our relationships and our marriages to like, I don't
1: think so much anymore. I don't think the value of marriage and sticking it out is as strong today as it used to be. I'm not saying that's bad or good. I mean, but statistically it's not, um, when you take your vows, it's like for better or worse, you know, sickness, health, death, you part, all that. But if you ask, majority of people, they'll say, I don't give a shit if he cheats or he hits, I'm out. Like, I feel like you do have the butts, you know? And I always did too. I was like, if he cheats, I'm gone. And if he hits me, I'm gone. You know, all of those, like everybody says what they're going to do. And then when you're in the situation, you're like, oh, okay, this is a lot harder than I thought. Or there's so many different layers to how it's going to go. So I was just, I think the shame was not so much even other people, but myself, like I remember one friend was like, you're so strong. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm staying. And they're like, well, that's strong. I'm like, no, that's not, I felt like I was weak for staying, but I also wasn't condoning. It was just like a rebuilding, You know what I mean? So it was just the things I told myself in my head. And then, um, and in your mind, this is another thing. I wish people talked about it more because I wish I had more people to talk to at the time. Remember I told you, I was like cold calling people. (laughs) Hey, did you see my husband? Have you been cheated on? Like, what did you do? Like, I just don't know who to turn to, but you one minute can be like, absolutely not. Am I putting up with this? You are done. You are dead to me move out. And then the next you're like, no, 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 let's work on it. We have like, how did we let it get here? I mean, you are like this emotional roller coaster. So I feel like you just kind of have to
0: take, take it as it comes and go through the motions. And how do you think your relationship has changed since a, the affair and B you getting sober? Do you think it's better? And what things have um, like, what are the good things that have come out of that? The good things that have come out of it is he had his
1: come to Jesus moment to completely rechange his life, whatever that took, whatever his issues were, that was for him to deal with. I, I think it was so interesting how there was a lot of people that are like, you can't change once you're a cheater, you're always a cheater. You can't change if you were deceitful, but nobody bats an eyeball. If somebody changes for the worse. You know what I mean? Like I had this one friend who was telling me she was getting a divorce because her husband all of a sudden became abusive. He was, he was doing X, Y, Z. He totally just changed for the worse. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, leave him, leave him. But when anybody's making positive changes, there's so many doubters. They're like, there's no way. So for me personally, people can change. I a hundred percent I've changed. He's changed. So the family dynamic got better. Um, I've changed. (laughs) I am not that naive little girl anymore, like at all. And I feel it's better for me, but it's also sometimes more sad. Like I kind of miss my bubble. (laughs) I miss that. Like everybody has good intentions, you know, everything's going to be fine. Like that shit burst years ago. Um, I think my kids have a harder time with me now because I don't have that filter anymore or that I never did. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I speak my mind way more now than I did before the the whole dynamic has changed, but I just, I mean, it's gotten better in so many ways, but it's also just so, it's just so different now. Mm -hmm. I I don't, I mean, good and bad. How are your, how have
0: your kids been through all of this?
1: Amazing. We're very
0: open. I didn't want
1: to tell the kids the reason why we were at one point separating. Um, but like I said they resented me for pushing him that I ended up having him tell them because I was like, dude, I'm not going to fucking lose my marriage and my kids and I didn't fucking do anything. You know what I mean? So, they we've been so honest with them from the jump. Um, and it's not all peaches and rainbows. Like they have to see that too. I want to keep it real with them. I want them to have their innocence, but they they are going through it with us. And everybody, I will tell you this, like My husband in the beginning, when the kids were younger, I don't think he was as close to them. You know, they were younger. So, you know, I worked from home. I was with them a lot more, but they're so much closer now. Like I, like I said, he used to go out, do his thing. He did football. He was gone all the time and it shifted. Now it's all about the kids, the family. It's like, I don't know. We grew up. Who knew? (laughs) Who knew? I think there's
0: so much, um, there's so many good things behind the story because i think we all want to just give up you know like you're saying everyone's like i just want to give up i want to give up on my marriage it's hard we i don't want to communicate i don't want to do the things i don't want to put in the work but when you can put in the work and you can find a common ground or even accept like that and not put blame on everybody else like accepting like who you are and what that it's not necessarily every it's it's you too that's having issues yeah. i think there's so much Um, good that can come out of that. And so I'm very inspired by that because you know, marriage is freaking hard. Like so hard. And you know what? On its own. But if you have to throw in an affair and alcoholism,
1: addiction, kids, yes. But one thing that I think is the biggest turning point or lesson is I did not realize what a codependent I was until I started digging deep and working on myself. And a lot of times when people say, you know, you need to be your happiest version. You need to work on yourself. So for so long, I was still worried about what everybody else was doing. I'm like, yeah, but he's doing this or yeah, but they're doing that. It's like, who, you know what? Who fucking cares? Don't worry about anybody else, but yourself kind of had to get in uh, to selfish mode. And then I was like, oh my God, I am such a codependent. <laughs> I (laughs) didn't realize so it's, you literally have to just focus on yourself being your best version before any other relationship can change before you can have success in any other thing, because you're just giving so much of yourself to everyone else, there's nothing left for you. And until you get that hole, you're just going to be struggling. And that's what I was doing.
0: I think that's so important, not in just, um, a marriage or being a mom. I mean, it's like your friendship, your everyday life, anyone who's single, like anyone who's like going through something, like I think, and you know, when I went on myself, um, my personal journey, I don't know, like three years ago, like that's, (laughs) you do, you have to like work on yourself and you cannot Mm -hmm. be a better person for anyone else. If you are not like solid in your own, a hundred percent, your own world hundred percent. What advice do you have um, for somebody who has gone through what you've gone through? Or, you know, what are some of um, advice or, you know, steps that they could take to kind of obviously work on themselves or, you know, be able to realize that something's not right?
1: Um, With the drinking or the fucked up marriage? <laughs> I guess both. <laughs> it's probably a two. That's a two part question. I just think the... One is just to be so gentle with yourself. That was like the best advice. My best friend tells me that still every single day is just to be gentle with yourself. We go through so much. We take on so much. We're our worst critics. We're so hard on ourselves. How you talk to yourself matters. So if someone else were, I always use this example. If I have a friend call me and they're telling me all these things about themselves, what they're going through. I would never in a million years talk to them the way I've talked to myself. I would never talk to them rudely, put them down. So I feel like starting there and just being kind to yourself. Um, and then taking accountability, like, okay, so you have a problem. What are you going to do about it? Like, you know, being honest with yourself, reaching out is huge. I feel like that the, the beauty and the power behind sharing your story is that someone else can come to you for help and you can help guide and you can let people know that they're not alone. And that's where I feel like I would hope if one person could even get something out of this, like, Oh shit, me too. Like I go through that. um, I I see what was the question again? (laughs) Oh yeah, All the advice. This is
0: all great advice. And I wrote down all of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I, uh, as far as like, all the other issues is just whatever you could do to better yourself. And whether that be you want to go to therapy or you, like I said, AA is free therapy. That's what worked for me. But just to focus on yourself getting better before you worry about what the hell anybody else is doing. Because a lot of times you'll find as soon as you're better, those little background situations tend to not serve such a big role in your life anymore.
0: I really wish people wouldn't find... Um... Be embarrassed to tell their story, be embarrassed to admit that they have a problem being admit, uh, you know, admit to things going wrong in their lives and just be honest and say, like, it's OK to ask for help. Like, yeah. if you're having marriage problems, it's OK to like go to counseling or it's OK to talk to a friend about it or reach out because I remember you said you call like you're like, who else has like gone through an affair? Like, I, I need to talk to someone else about this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I always put out my Facebook status, but I kind of got shut down on that one. Um, I, I also, you know, people gossip and talk, right? And I remember us going back to football, this all happened within like our football group. And I was telling everybody, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, this is what happened. Da, 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 da. And and then he's like, why are you telling me about it? I'm like, they're going to fucking talk about it anyways. Like I would rather the elephant in the room, let's just address it. If you have any questions here, I am like, yes, this happened. Not everybody's that blunt. And some people like to have privacy. I just feel like I said, for whatever reason, I'm just a pretty open book. Um, the, the only thing I've been a little more quiet or I was quiet about was my addiction to pills. And I feel like that one. I still don't know why so much, but maybe because alcohol, like we've talked about is such a like socially accepted thing that it's not, it's so cliche to see somebody so drunk. It's not so, you know, it's everybody's so used to it, but I feel like addiction is such a big deal right now with so many different variations and I just think if anybody's struggling with, it doesn't really fucking matter what it is. Like there are, if your brain is wired the same way mine is, it doesn't matter if it's an obsession and, or it's a demon that you fight every day, that guilt and alone feeling is like, oh, it's crushing. So I would just suggest anybody going through that just to reach out to somebody like literally anybody freaking me. It's so like, I have had people reach out and be like, I'm going through this the same and. Just to know you're not alone. It's just like a, it's such a helpful feeling.
0: I think it can go the other way too. So it's like if, um, like I've seen people like, oh, I'm going through a divorce. I mean, because mm-hmm. I've gone through one. I automatically reach out. If you need me, I'm here to support you. I've been through it. Our situations might be different, but like I'm here. And I think that as a society for women, like we need to do that more. Like we shouldn't yeah. have to always ask for help, but we should offer the help. And yeah. know that like, it, I'm here for you. And it doesn't even need to be like a best friend. It could be a one-off because you just never know. And like how, how your experience could change someone else's life. Totally. A hundred percent. And somebody else that, you know, the
1: person that I did reach out to, because she was vocal about it. She talked about it. She talked about how she got sober. And I remember scrolling Facebook and seeing a couple of friends that are like, Oh, my life is so much better. And da, 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 da. I'm like, Oh, good for you. I was like sitting here so drunk, like just almost well, maybe one day just like kept scrolling, but it always stuck in the back of my head who I could reach out to. And I did, I eventually did, but them putting themselves out there, like you said, like I'm here if you need me, if you're feeling this way. So I kept it. I had resentment against them, of course, at first <laughs> so that made me look at myself, but eventually I did. I reached out.
0: Uh I, I love your story. I love that you are open and honest about it. And you're an open book. And sometimes I know these things are not hard to talk or that they are hard to talk about. And I appreciate you uh, reaching out and wanting to tell your story. Um, is there anything else that we missed that you want to either say or mention or? God, I don't. Oh, I think one of the biggest things
1: that I think you had asked, like, is there a a quote or something, something of advice that would stick? And I feel like the biggest thing is just to forgive yourself for what you didn't know until you knew it. And I think that is like, how many of us have looked back and been like, I should have known, I should have done this. I should have done, you know what? We are fucking dumb for some time, like for a while. And we have not learned so many things. We still don't know everything. I think we just have to have grace and to forgive ourselves for the stuff that At one point we tolerated, we didn't see, we accepted and just know, like, it doesn't have to always be like that and you just grow and then teach your kids to do the same. What bothers me so bad, so much when people judge the people on the side of the road, they judge their addicts, you know, their addict friend or Listen, I guarantee you motherfuckers all out there have tried one thing or another. You guys drink, you guys have popped something, you've snorted something, you're, you got through it. Other people didn't. Like not everybody makes that choice to be where they are now. And I just feel like people need to have a little more empathy because you might be a normal drinker. The person next to you is struggling. It doesn't make them any worse than you are.
0: I just feel like we're wired differently. Ah, oh, That was so good. That we're going to leave there. Microphone drop. You did great. Thank you. I will put all your information, how people can reach out to you um, if they need your support. And again, thank you for being here. Thanks, Heather, for having me. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please share this episode on social media and tag me. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share. I can't wait to continue to inspire you all.